The SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big. Bet big. Win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. It's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit. You're going to get up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for for real cash prizes, you can win as much as $40,000 with just one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com and get started today. And in honor of the Masters, we're giving away a tailor-made driver. Just go to sg.pn masters or click the contest link in the SGPN app. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. It's time for another episode of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I, of course, am your host, Rod Villagomez. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. Follow the, all of the SGPN Fantasy shenanigans this offseason at SGPN Fantasy. Speaking of shenanigans... Dynasty season, I guess, is upon us, <laughs> is what they tell me. Uh, with all the madness that's been happening in the NFL, there's still some fantasy football to talk about, and I have brought on one of my good friends uh, that I've met in this space over the last couple of years, Seth Wolcock. He is the CEO slash main content guy, ma- mastermind behind so many things, not the least of which is in between media. Seth, welcome to the show, my friend. Is this the first time you've been on this show? I believe it is, Rod. Thank you for having me, man. Holy cow. In all this time, I feel like you've been on at least once in the beginning, but no, this is it. First time for everything, man. You know how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I am part of the IBT family as well. Uh, We do NASCAR together, Seth and I, so definitely check the back roads out because that's some fun stuff right there. And boy, we've been getting some stuff right, haven't we? Dude, we've our NASCAR picks have, have looked a little better than uh, my, my NFL picks did at the end of the season. So uh, maybe we're on the wrong show right now, Rod. <laughs> I, I mean, look, the NASCAR Gambling Podcast is there too and always open for you to, sh- to jump on with me and Cody. So yeah, maybe we should do that instead. But we are here today to talk about fantasy football uh, again because there's a lot of folks getting, especially with the draft coming up very soon. Uh, there's a lot of folks that are starting some dynasty uh, startups just before rookie drafts as well. So today we're going to take a look. Look, everybody knows the good players in this league. And if you're listening to this show, chances are you probably know the good players in this league too. But as we get closer to people starting to do dynasty drafts, we're going to take a look at some of the ADP aspects of this because you know you want to draft them. But you, you don't necessarily know where they're going and what you're going to have to spend in order to get these players. So Seth and I are going to walk you through some of these ADPs of what we consider, well, at least what I consider, because uh, I came up with the show notes. But Seth, I think you can either agree or disagree on these as, as potential building blocks for dynasty. These are names that are being tossed around all over the place, be it social media or you know wherever you can find. These names are being tossed around as building blocks, as, as players that people want to build around in dynasty. We're going to talk about that versus their ADP and and figure out if it's a good pick, a bad pick, and maybe what we would do differently. So, um, Seth, my friend, 
I think I've given you enough leeway, our Alida in two. So are you ready to rock on this one? I'm ready to rock, Rod. We just got we just kind of caught our breath from the NFL free agency period. So this is like the perfect dynasty sweet spot. This is the time to go out, send some feelers out there, buy low, sell high while you can, man. And that's a good point too. That's not necessarily just for uh, startup. If these names you know, kind of intrigue you and pique your interest, definitely worth somebody going out for. And maybe we'll even talk about who or what you can be possibly shopping around for uh, in this. All right. The drill is three minutes on the clock. We discuss each of these 10 players, and uh, we start with the Super Bowl runner-up quarterback in Joe Burrow. Uh, all of these draft uh, positions we're getting from uh, fantasy pros as far as their average draft position. It's a you know obviously the good tool to go by. Um, but Seth, Joe Burrow, intriguingly enough, and this is Dynasty, so we're talking about youth mm-hmm. in Dynasty as well, right? We always talk about building around youth. We're always talking about um, you know where where to find the the value in this. So we're talking about building around youth. Joe Burrow, obviously, still very very young, third season, is going around. 4.8 as far as QBs are concerned. Um, and and it's it's intriguing to me because I don't know what other three quarterbacks you would want to take above him in Dynasty for a guy this this uh, this good, right? So mm-hmm. what, what about Joe Burrow has got him almost fifth on the list, Seth? So I think that's a, I think that's a sweet spot for Cole Joe, honestly. Um, I've been a big, big Cole Joe guy throughout his career. He's coming off a, a QB7 overall finish in 16 games here in 2021. He's 25 still. So, and like, I think the big thing with Joe Burrow is just, you know, he's connected to Jamar Chase and T Higgins, two of the best up and coming wide receivers. Yeah. I I think when you look at who's above him right now, Rod, obviously Patrick Mahomes, you have to give him that respect, Josh Allen. And then I believe fantasy pros ECR has Justin Herbert above him as well. Um, So, uh, you know, I, I think Herbert and Burrow take your pick with them. I think I would probably prefer Burrow personally just because, I mean, he did lead the NFL in completion percentage last year, and he's just the overall, in my opinion, better overall prospect here. Um, Rod, what's your opinion on this? Because you seem like uh, you should be a, we should be a little higher on Burrow. Well, and I do because, look, obviously, yes, Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes every single year, but you got to figure that if you're going to build around somebody that you want for a very, very long time, I think Joe Burrow's got a lot more longevity uh, and maybe only by a couple of years. But to me, you watch and now with no Tyreek Hill, who knows what Mahomes is going to be doing more of, right? I mean, he, he may not have as stellar a passing year as Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow has all three of his receivers coming back. He's got Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd. He doesn't have Uzoma, uh, but you know, and you look at the other quarterbacks in his division, Right, that he's facing. He's got Lamar, Deshaun oh, yeah. Watson now, Mitch Trubisky. He's facing those guys or, or and, and those teams twice on that schedule. So that's that's really good matchups <laughs> against some not necessarily I mean, maybe Baltimore you can argue is a good defense, but the other two, I don't know. Load me up with some Joe Burrow uh, if I'm gonna start out with. So maybe I'd take him over a Herbert, if that sounds crazy. I I understand, Rod. I mean, he's 25 still. I mean, he, he he's going to last a long time in this league. It looks like he's 6'4", 221. That's the frame you want. You know, Big Ben, uh, those guys are around that size too. So that's the frame that's going to last in this, in this league a while. So it's not a bad call there. Yeah, and really, again, Herbert doesn't – I mean, Jamar Chase, 
I think is really what does this for me, right? I mean, the the kid got 81 catches, 1,455 yards, 13 touchdowns. Yeah. That's going to keep going. Like, I don't think that's slowing down at all. And you got a guy like that, give me his quarterback. Yes, so, sir. Uh, okay. That is Joe Burrow in a nutshell. This next guy we're going to talk about, obviously, there's a lot hinging on the future of him. But as far as Dynasty is concerned, obviously, we talk about building on the future. We talk about building young. Trey Lance is about as intriguing a character as we can get. I mean, oh, yeah. right? The, the guy, we don't even know what his future is. And his best game as a starter came in week 16, uh, where he threw for 16 of 23, 249, and two touchdowns. He had an interception. But the biggest question here, Seth, is where's Jimmy going to be next season? He's got a cap hit of, of $1.4 million. Uh, they'll save $25 million if they get if they dish him. Um, but, you know, again, it, really there's not even a lot to go around in San Francisco. Uh, they only had 514 pass attempts last season uh, between Trey and Jimmy, and they had 499 rushing attempts. So this is a balanced offense. So I know a lot of people are, are trying to say Trey Lance is the future, but can he be the future for your dynasty team and make it worthwhile? Man, Trey Lance is a tough one because, like you, Rod, I really do love the talent here. I, 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 Trey Lance was honestly – I mean, I, I argued for him to maybe be QB1 last year coming out of that 2020 uh, one class. And, you know, right now it's just the issue of Jimmy G standing there. He has the weapons. He has the coach and Kyle Shanahan. It's just what is Jimmy G going to do? And can you afford as a dynasty fantasy football manager to potentially draft him and not play him again for another season? So th that's where I struggle a little bit at his current ranking, just because, you know, you know, someone like Matthew Stafford, who obviously is a lot older, but he's going to be the starter, you know, moving forward for the Rams and same with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is kind of buried on the on the QB ECR as, as far as Dynasty goes with our friends over at Fantasy Pros. But, I mean, I just want that guaranteed starter. And I, I don't know if Jimmy G, I mean, there was no trade market for him. So it seems like either they're cutting him or they're rolling with him. What's your thoughts on that, man? I, I got to think that they're, well, all right, they got to roll with him. If they're not going to deal him, they can't keep him on the bench the whole season. I mean, this could be the most hybrid of hybrid seasons that you'll ever see in 2022 out of the Niners but you can't you can't just put him on the bench indefinitely especially with that kind of a a cap hit right there so yeah I mean Trey Lance I don't think gets run but and and you said it at his current ADP coming in at QB 10 that's an average of QB 10 tie it's I mean it's really high for a guy we pretty much haven't seen play since 2020 um, there were 2019 even because he, he, you know, he sat out a lot of his senior season. The, the entire program was down, but I, I love Trey Lance as a prospect, man. I mean, the wheels, the legs, they put him up in that Lamar Jackson camp as a special quarterback of what he can do on the ground. He's really accurate. He didn't have a lot of interceptions his, his uh, last season in college either. So the prospect's great. It's just, I mean, are you willing to risk it for the biscuit? That's what it comes down to for Trey Lance here. I mean, and they've got him ranked over guys like Tua, and they've got him, you talked about it earlier, Hurts. Like, those yeah. two names are young enough to, and even Mac Jones, right, in New England. I mean, and Mac Jones and Zach Wilson both played last year, and they showed us that they're yeah. at least going to be good, but I, I guess the consensus rankers say that Trey Lance is going to be better, even though we haven't seen it yet. It's so. a tough, it's a tough buy, man. It's a tough buy, but, you know, 
it's it's like one of those you know the, the, those uh oh man those wonder balls back in the day you know you can purchase that wonder ball something awesome might be in it but something crappy might be in it as well so you gotta have faith in him man and if, especially if in a startup you're gonna take him as one of your first quarterbacks because that's really what it, it boils down to in a non superflex you might be able to wait a little bit but obviously yeah. in superflex if you're gonna take him with a tenth overall pick like I don't know man I, I still feel like that's a little bit high. Trey I, Lance. I agree. I agree. In a in a one QB dynasty league, I'm more inclined to take Trey Lance as current ADP. In Superflex, I just can't take that risk. Another guy, and this is another guy that he's ranked over, uh, that that could very well be a guy that performs better than him, and that's Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, Jacksonville, <laughs> I hate to say it, but they're still not necessarily the team that everybody wants them to be, and they were not just one quarterback away which they proved again this year. I mean, and Trey, uh, Trevor, Lo Trey Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence didn't do that badly. 359 completions on 602 attempts, 3,641 yards, 12 touchdowns, but the 17 interceptions, that is, yeah. that's where it is. But here's the thing. Who was he throwing to? He threw to Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault, right? Marvin Jones had 73 catches, 832 yards, four touchdowns. Chenault had uh, 63 catches for 691. Now they're getting a thousand yard receiver in, I mean, almost a thousand yard receiver in Christian Kirk. Uh, 982 yards last season. They may get ATN back. I think that's that's really what's trending too. But look, Trevor Lawrence as a building block for Dynasty. Seth, your thoughts go. I am willing. I am willing to take him at, at the at the current ranking of 13 or what is he? 12? You said? Yeah, just just around, just over 12. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 13 for me, but he's right in that tier. And I think you said it best, Rod. Like. I, I was never a LaVisca Chenault truther, Visca season. I mean, he just did not have the weapons last year. Marvin Jones is, you know, borderline over the hill type of veteran, um, at least, you know, not attached to Matthew Stafford, that is. DJ Chark didn't play last year most of the season. No Travis Etienne, like you alluded to. You know, he was de dealing with a mixed bag of James O'Shaughnessy and uh, Tim Tebow and, you know, uh, Dan Arnold, the postman, and all those guys. But, I mean, just not you know, not surrounded with great weapons. Now he does get Christian Kirk, and keep an eye out for Zay Jones, man. I know a lot of people think that he was overpaid, but this guy is still the NCAA leader in receptions, single season and career, and he had a bounce back season with the Raiders, and he's been talented throughout his career. So Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, you know, I, I think those guys alone, Evan Ingram, you know, stone hands down there, Evan Ingram, um, but either way. He's he's gonna have a you know an opportunity here. Doug Peterson though, I think Doug Peterson is really X factor here. In in Carson Wentz second year, let's not forget he was a QB five overall in 13 games played. I'm not projecting that for Lawrence, but I'm just saying the ceiling is now risen without Urban Meyer. I feel as if if you wanted to take Lawrence over Lance, I would not fault you. Uh, again, because of the simple fact that. Trey Lance may not play this year. And I know Dynasty, you're looking ahead, you're looking ahead. But really, Seth, this is the thing about Dynasty that, that really just sometimes frustrates me is that people spend so much time looking ahead that they just don't look for winning this season. Yeah, you got to win, man. You got to win. I mean, value is not going to win you championships. You you can pay if you want to continue to stack up on value and hand me your $50 to $100 league fee, whatever that is. 
I'm cool with that, man. I'll get some value and I'll get some dubs out there. Yeah. I, again, I just, there's so many, I, I always see it. They're like, well, I got to look ahead. Like I'm trading for every draft pick I can. I'm like, okay, but what happened? You haven't even started the 2022 season yet. And you're trading away all of your draft picks to get, or to get more draft picks. You're trying away all your yeah. players to get more draft picks. I'm like, are you trying to win in 2023? Cause there's still a season to be played. You, you know, it's the famous words. Everyone has a price tag. That's what a lot of dynasty managers love to say. But I hate to say it, but I don't know if Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, I don't think they have a price tag. Sure, if someone's willing to give you seven first-round picks, yeah, go for it. But, I mean, chances are if you're in a competitive dynasty league, players like those two, Jonathan Taylor too, I mean, I, I think they're untradeable at this point. And, and you know, I, I think give it another couple of years for Trevor Lawrence, and he could be in that conversation as well, especially in Superflex. Yeah, and it again, it all it takes is for a big, big, big season out of it. So if you're starting out, you know, you got to balance that win now versus win later mentality. One player that I know, which I still, I still don't know why this name continues to be as high as it is, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Coming in an average, an average, everyone, of four, just over four and a half, really, uh, as far as running backs is concerned. Let's, let's just read down what this guy has done over the last two seasons, and you tell me if he still is the fourth best or even the fifth best running back out there. He's only played 10 games in the last two seasons. In 2022, obviously, he got hurt after three games, uh, but rushed for 225 yards and, and five touchdowns. Uh, and then in 2021, he played seven games, uh, 99 carries, 442 yards, and a touchdown. But, you know, again, the guy can't stay healthy now. And, and yes, it's been the last two seasons, but it's been the last two seasons. Like, it, it's not like it's just been a season and then he played a full season and then he got hurt next season. Um, so this guy, obviously, there's some injury history there that, that continues to rear its ugly head. But also, Seth, he's got a guy right behind him that I feel like I would take over him, and that's Chuba Hubbard, right? I mean, 612 yards on 172 yards, five touchdowns. Only started 10 games, right? One game over 100 yards, and then they got Deontay Foreman in there. So, I, look, I'm, I'm not sold on Christian McCaffrey. And I don't know that I'd let him be somebody else's nightmare. I'd take Hubbard over him for sure. Oh, my God. Rod, Rod. Yes, he, okay. I'll die on listen, this hill. Listen, I know a lot of people are feeling burned about CMC the last two years. The price is high for a guy who, who's only played 10 games. Absolutely, um, that is true. But let's not forget, he is only 25. He came into the league very young. Um, and when he's played, he's been fantastic. He's averaging over 21 PPR points while he's out there. I think the biggest thing to me is I want to get him the hell out of Carolina, man. I mean, I do not trust that training staff one bit. They've rushed him two years in a row to come back from injury. I mean, injuries happen at RB. We, we know that's how it's going to be. But realistically, if you want to put upside out there against every other RB, RB4 sounds about right to me. I, I can't justify taking any of these other guys, you know, any, any more ahead of him. Granted, would I, you know, consider wide receivers instead of spending up that capital for Christian McCaffrey? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm gonna go wide wide receiver heavy in dynasty. I think that's really, you know, most people's motto here. But if we're just talking RBs, RB four doesn't feel that bad to me for a guy with his ceiling. Remember the good times, Rob. Remember the good times, man. No, I've been burnt too many times. Look, I was one of those managers last season that went with the first overall pick and my oh. roster. I, I don't I don't know what happened after that. I mean, I may have had one too many Coors Lights. Uh, but all I'm saying is that like I I just looked at the rest of my, my roster after that and 
Yeah, it was a mess. And and not having Christian McCaffrey after that just really sank it. So I'm burnt. I would, like I said, but you said you said exactly what I was thinking too. When he's on the field, when he plays, that's the key. So, I mean, yes, we never know who's going to be on the field at any given moment or what's going to happen. But two years in a row starts to make a pattern. If we see it again this year. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's like fool me once, shame on me, or shame on you. Fool, me. I don't know. Just stop fooling me. How's that? <laughs> Let's just go with that. Uh, so, all right, yeah. Like I said, I, I I would just leave him on the table. I would pick whoever was the next uh, available running back, which just so happens to could be this next player that we're talking about. But I want you to make your point about DeAndre Swift first. Before I launch into mine, because I have a feeling we may be different here. So, uh, DeAndre Swift coming at just under five. Seth, what's the deal with DeAndre Swift? Man, when I saw when I saw this ADP I, and ranking, I did think it was pretty high, especially for a guy who's attached to the Detroit Lions. I think that is the biggest thing that scares me away from DeAndre Swift at this ADP. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be in 2023. I don't, I don't believe in Dan Campbell as the head coach long-term either. Um, that I, I don't buy into that narrative either. But, I mean, when you look at production, I mean, he he really was my favorite guy coming out of the 2020 RV class. I loved him at Georgia. Um, but he's 23. You know, he's 23. He's still young. 100 receptions over the last two seasons. 17 total TDs in Detroit, too. You know, keep that in mind. In Detroit, he's missed seven games. Um it's tough, man. It, it, it's tough. I think this is another situation where I'd rather go wide receiver than pay this high for DeAndre Swift. But I still, you know, I, I, I think the ranking is fair. Yeah, but here's the thing. So in, in 2021, he came in RB20 in a half PPR. Uh, and then he did the same. That's the same as he had in 2020 as well. So 2021 and 2020 he came in RB20 in a half PPR, 16th in a PPR. So I'm not sure that I want to pay a fifth running back price for a guy that has Jamal Williams in the backfield with him too, that had 601 yards on 153 carries, uh, you know, and, and a guy that's almost equally as good uh, in the rushing department. So it just, it just makes me scratch my head that he's almost fifth. It, it it is a high number, Rod. But but when you look at what what Swift could potentially be, it, it's Alvin Kamara esque. It's Christian McCaffrey esque with the with the amount of receptions he could get. I mean, it, it is tough. Like the finishes have not been great overall, but there have been times he has been an absolute star in fantasy football. For the first half of last season, he was one of the best RBs. Once he got injured, he never really you know never really came back from it at all. The, the same running back, so. I don't know, man. It, it, it's tough. It's definitely a high ADP, but I absolutely love DeAndre Swift. I feel like you're just picking all the guys that I like. I've loved since like the NFL draft process. So it's, it's tough for me to cut bait. I already have him on most of my dynasty teams. So uh, if that means anything to you, okay. But is he a building block for those people who are starting to do their their drafts now or within the next few weeks? Like, is it is this somebody that you really want to build a running back room around? Because obviously, if you're going to take him at five. That's your running back one. You're you're committing. You're committing. I, I would personally rather just wait a round or two, get one of these lower end RBs that are kind of falling, um, whether it be age, off the field conflicts, whatever that is. I'd rather wait a little bit personally, get some wide receivers, maybe a tight end as well. Um, but but it, yeah, it, it, it's tough, man, because 
I just think it's hard to have any of your foundational pieces attached to a lousy fan- franchise like the Lions. I feel like uh, Seth is becoming an RB zero guy right before our eyes. <laughs> like, it, it's changed, man. It has changed over the years, but I am absolutely trending that way after what we saw in, in 2021, man. It's such a weird... I mean, to have any one strategy going into a draft, I mean, drafts, they lay out in front of you. Like, they're a moving, living, breathing thing. Like, you yes. you never know. You could switch up whatever you thought you were going to do uh, while you're even doing it. Like, round two happens. You're like, oh, I wasn't going to take a running back, but, you know, somebody fell into my lap. Christian McCaffrey fell in my yes. lap. Yeah, we, we call it at in-between media. We call it keeping it in-between because you got to keep it in-between between those picks, dude, because anything can happen before you're on the clock next. It's absolutely true. All right, we'll be on the clock next after we step away, pay some bills, and talk about win bet. Because if you're looking for a Las Vegas-style casino and with the fun in the palm of your hand, you can look no further than WinBet. It's the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties, classic table games to all this, all the best slot thrills and jackpots. WinBet's got everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. If you sign up today, you're going to get a 100% first deposit match up to $1,000. So make sure to get down on WinBet's $10 win, $200 promotion, where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets the win has a special golf contest for this weekend bet 100 or more on golf from thursday through sunday you're going to get entered to win a golf experience to the only golf course on the las vegas strip the win golf club multiple entries are definitely allowed so if you wager 1000 on the major golf championship thursday through sunday you're eligible for 10 entries into the prize draw there's so much to choose from and all you got to do is download the WinBet app or visit winnbet.com to get started offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 in honor of the masters we're giving away a tailor-made driver just go to sg.pn slash masters or click on the contest link in the SGPN app. We, uh, Seth and I were talking about this just before the whole thing. It's a hectic time of year between weddings, graduations, spring sports, your content creations, whatever, and more. We're busier than ever right now, and sometimes you just forget to take a second for yourself. So this season, take a second to enjoy an ice-cold Coors Light because you deserve better a beer that is made to chill. And just like me, you probably feel like you're always on with work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on every single moment of every single day. Sometimes you just want to turn it all off and hit reset. That is when you and I reach for Coors Light. It is literally made to chill. There's only one beer out there and that's literally made to chill. It's Coors Light. Mountains on the bottle and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. So when you need to hit the reset button, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. So when I need to take a second for myself, I reach for the beer that, like I said, is made to chill. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That is CoorsLight.com slash SGP. And remember to always celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did you know that online browsing using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? 
That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That is why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Computers, tablets, phones, even devices like a Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go anywhere online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's easy to use as well. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Stop sharing with the world. Take back your privacy today with the brand that's rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Let's go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. Use that promo code SGP. Claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. We are five deep into these building blocks for your startup dynasty leagues, which probably everybody's about to start at this point. Uh, if you haven't, I, I don't know, Seth, how many dynasty leagues are you actually in? I, I joined a lot of them last season and <laughs> forgot I lost count. Yeah, I had to cut back a little bit this year, um, put a couple orphans out there, but I, I, I think still right now I'm hanging around four or five right now, which is a, a really good spot for me. Um, however, there have been talks about me getting into a couple more, so uh, you never know. You know, redraft leagues were like that for me about four or five years ago, where I I think I was in, and I know I know this is like <laughs> amateur ten leagues, but I was in ten leagues at once, ten redraft mm-hmm. leagues, and oh wow, I, that's insane because there's it so is. many waivers and so much. It's yes. just exhausting. So I had to cut back, and then I and then you know I got into dynasty last season and. Uh, I'm in yours. I'm in like three other ones. And it's just all of a sudden they started piling up like redraft leagues. I was like, ah, oh, I mean, yeah. Dynasty at least is a lot easier to manage, you know, a lot easier to manage as far as don't have as much pressure on the waiver each week. Trades are kind of spread out throughout the year. Um, so I, de- I definitely agree, though. Um, I- I've definitely made that mistake of taking on too many draft and leagues, whether it's redraft or dynasty. Yeah. And you just find yourself on waiver day like having to designate oh, an entire 2 a.m. yeah yep 2 a.m trying to catch up yep yeah ah this sucks uh yeah all right uh so if you're going to take one of the next guys that we're going to talk about again we got five to go uh we talked about a little bit about him earlier we mentioned his name at the very least but interesting to see how the mighty have fallen because Alvin Kamara was once everybody's like 101 on everything, right? He was catching passes. He was running touchdowns in and doing all kinds of crazy things with Drew Brees as his quarterback. Well, guess what? Drew Brees no longer his quarterback. Alvin Kamara now finds himself just inside the top 10 at averaging 9.8 on the running back scale. But, I mean, the guy still produces, right? He had 898 rushing yards last season. Uh, he had the most carries in his, his career, 240 of those. And by far, too, this wasn't even like a little bit. This was by far his most carries. Um, and, but what really hit him was the receptions. He only had 47 last year, and that was the first season in his career that he had less than 80 receptions. Now Michael Thomas is back. 
Jameis Winston is still his quarterback. He's entering his fifth season. I don't know if Alvin Kamara is a building block for anybody's team anymore. Seth, what do you think? Man, it is sketchy waters in New Orleans right now. Everything dynasty related. And I think it starts here with Alvin Kamara. I mean, getting arrested right after the Pro Bowl, that did that, that does not help your dynasty stock whatsoever. Sean Payton, you know, historical Hall of Fame head coach, he's gone. Drew Brees has been gone for a year now. Um, we have the question at quarterback. It looks like they might be making a push to get Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis uh, by just trading with the Philadelphia Eagles earlier this week as well. Um, but man, there are a lot of question marks. And, you know, Rod, it, it, in one way, it seems silly to be sitting here. You know, are we really fading a running back who is coming off of, a, a, you know, four or five straight seasons of RB1 performance um, to start off his career? But, you know, I think I am. I think I am, you know. I, I, I just don't see the receptions coming in. If it is Malik Willis at quarterback that comes in, he's a mobile quarterback. I mean, he, he was just captain. You know, he, he had captain check down Drew Brees at the end of his career. That was just peppering in with targets. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on RB. If I'm here, this is like the tier three of my dynasty ranks for RBs. And I'm waiting on a guy like even Derek Henry, David Montgomery, Nick Chubb. I'm not paying this price for Alvin Kamara. No way. And it's not that he's not talented. Like, again, when we bring right. up these names, we're not talking about a lack of talent here. We're just talking about would you pay the price that he's at right now to have him on your team? These are the types of, of thought processes that we want you to go through as you listen to these names because obviously you want Camara. Like, it's not that's not even yeah. a, an issue, right? Yeah, oh, sure. If he came to me in the right spot, I would take him. But, again, I don't know that I'm reaching at 10, at RB10 for Camara because – there's no certainty that he's going to be the guy that we saw in those first three seasons that, or the even the first, yeah, the first three seasons with Drew, uh, Drew Brees, who was throwing no one the ball deep. So, yeah, it's just it's frustrating to see a guy like that and know that you want him on your team. But, you know, who you would probably take another receiver in that vicinity around him as well, huh? Yeah, I probably, I probably honestly would. I mean, I would, I, I'm a huge Dave Montgomery and Nick Chubb guy. So I could even talk myself into one of those guys around this, this area. It might be a little early for both of them, but I, I there's too much uncertainty, man. I mean, r risk evasion is part of my strategy. And, you know, it, it like it's the same thing with like Calvin Ridley. If I would have known a year ago that Calvin Ridley was going to get suspended for an entire year, you know, I wouldn't have you know loaded up on him in all my leagues either, but yeah, it, it's risk evasion here, man. I mean, it, would would I would I be surprised if you came back two years from now, Rod, and said, "Oh, Seth, you screwed up that Alvin Kamara call. He was an RB one two years in a row." I would not be at all, but I'm not gonna take that risk. I'm gonna let you know some other gym in my league take that risk. Yeah, again, if I lose a championship because Alvin Kamara busted out for a really big <laughs> season, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna sleep okay at night. Uh, although. This name, okay, I, I, I saw this, the next thing we're going to talk about, and, and I scratched my head because Justin Jefferson comes up on this list as the first wide receiver to come off the board. Obviously, right underneath them is a guy, Jamar Chase, uh, which we don't have him on the list, so we can talk about him on the other end. But Justin Jefferson, yes. Absolutely, one hundred percent, a ridiculous talent, right? Uh, he had fourteen hundred yards last, or in two seasons ago, sixteen hundred yards last season. Uh, still a, a run, but this is still a run first team, 
right? They still have Dalvin Cook, and I still think that they're going to try to run first. Uh, they still have Thielen in there. And then here comes K.J. Osborne with 655 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, so Justin Jefferson won over Jamar Chase. This is really why I wanted to bring it up, Seth, because I wanted to get your, your opinion on whether or not it's Justin or Jamar. Man, you are tugging at my heartstrings tonight, Rod, because I love, I've loved Jay Jet. I, I was all in on Jay Jet when he went to Minnesota in 2020, and I still am. I, I am not afraid to take him above Jamar Chase, um, but I understand if you want to go the other way around. I, to me, it's a 1A and a 1B situation here. Um, you know, wide receiver four, wide receiver six so far to start out, out his career, 3,000 yards, 17 TDs in two seasons. That is sensational. That is ridiculous. Will Jamar Chase likely break those records? 100%. However, I mean, I'm not so sure it's going to be a run-heavy team anymore. I really think Mike Zimmer was holding this offense back a, a good bit with just his defense run-first philosophy. Kevin O'Connell coming in, I really like what I've seen out of Kevin O'Connell last few years um, as a coordinator. So give him some time. Um, but I think, you know, the offensive line is getting better. Give Darishaw another – he was a great rookie on the O-line. Give him another year. Um, and, and I'm just expecting more 11-man personnel. I expect more K.J. Osborne in the slot. I expect, you know, less two tight ends on, on the field. Big Irv's coming back. I think this is going to be a great year for the Minnesota Vikings. They right now are one of my dark horse teams to potentially even win um, the NFC North. So I'm 100% in on Justin Jefferson. I understand, though, you're, you, you know – it is a tough price to pay, but I am not afraid to spend the 101 or the 102 in a dynasty startup on Justin Jefferson. And that's where you're going to have to take him. I mean, literally, he's he's right there underneath Jonathan Taylor for for second in that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, if you have the one of the first two picks, that's that's where you're targeting right there. So, but that's your decision. Your decision is Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. So, I, I yeah, that's a very head scratching decision. Uh, and and a good one to have, I suppose, because they're both absolutely young and and ridiculously talented uh, receivers. And I wouldn't fault you for taking either one, but I, I almost feel like I would land on the Jamar Chase side of it. But not because mm. Justin Jefferson is not good, but again, I just feel like Jamar Chase is just, I mean, it just blew up just as much as, as Justin Jefferson did. So I feel like I want to go with the guy that's got one more year in him there. Uh, versus Justin Jefferson, who may not even have uh, his quarterback for very long either because, you know, will he perform that, the same without without the magic man behind him? That is the one drawback, is we don't know wh what the future holds for the Minnesota Vikings under center, and we know that Jamar Chase is connected to Joe Burrow. They have that connection from LSU. The only thing I'll say in defense of Justin Jefferson over Chase Jefferson's got T Higgins there. T Higgins is a young, also an alpha wide receiver. And, you know, I love Adam Thielen as much as the next guy and KJ Osborne, great players, but Thielen's almost over the hill now. And KJ Osborne, just not on that level. So I really think in a couple of years, this could be Justin Jefferson's show entirely in Minnesota. I love it. Wow. That, and I, <laughs> That's not a decision I want to make. Don't give me the yeah. second pick. I don't give me the third. Make. I'll take yeah. whoever's yeah. left. <laughs> I'll just yeah, give me give me the third pick, and you you guys fight over which one you're going to take because I'll take either one of them. To be honest with you. Uh, all right, here Seth is a classic example of a 
Are, do you want to win now versus how much longer do you want your team to be a competitor down the road? Uh, because if you don't have one of the first three or four picks, this is a decision you're going to end up having to make, really. And it comes down to Cooper Cup. Uh, because Cooper Cup right now is currently in the, uh, what is it, 4.3 range. Yep. But now this feels like it should be even within the first two or three. Because Cooper Cup blew up last season so and we all know the records i'm not going to sit here and read his resume back uh but but a couple things to consider that obj may not be back uh there's still obviously no robert woods but alan robinson got added not sure that that bites into his potential uh all Mm -hmm. that much but now why are we not taking cooper cup at 102 103 over the two younger guys really this is age right yeah, I mean, he's 28 years old, Rod. I think you hit it, hit it there. I mean, I love what Cooper Cup's done. I think he does. I think he deserves to be the the third wide receiver off the board. AJ Brown ranked ahead of him is criminal, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I think it's the age though. That's the big thing that pushes him down to me. And that's dynasty. I mean, that that's redraft. Obviously, yes, Cooper Cup's going to go every every which way but Sunday and like 101, 102, yeah. right? I mean, that's there's no. It's either Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup. I think in everybody's uh, initial redraft, I mean that'll probably how it end up being in mine when I sit down and, and finally do them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's just a matter of this is age. But do you still take that chance? Like, is this something that if you are in built and win now mode? Uh, obviously, we talked about Justin Jefferson may may not have Kirk Cousins for very much longer. Obviously, we know Jamar Chase, but if Jamar Chase goes one hundred one, I mean, if you want to win now, is Cooper Cup somebody you want to take? I mean. How how ballsy do you feel, I guess? I'm willing to take him probably, honestly, anywhere but behind those top three guys. I mean, you name it. I mean, almost 2,000 yards receiving, 16 TDs, almost 200 targets. It was absolutely insane. And, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, a lot of people could say maybe this is recency bias coming from me, but Cooper Cup has been a stud throughout his career. He's been the wide receiver 26 or better every season other than the one he tore his ACL. And that season, he was on pace for over 1,100 yards and 12 TDs. So he's been a monster. He finally got you know a quarterback who can really maximize his usage. And that was their first season together. So let's just give this time. And I think Cooper Cup, he might break 2,000 yards in a year or two. Who knows? But yeah, the, the only concerns I do have, Rod, and you might have them as well, what happens with McVay in another year or two? We heard the retirement concerns coming out after the Super Bowl. And how long is Matthew Stafford along? Or those are really the two big question marks for Cooper Cup. Other than that, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, I mean, again, we made that argument about Kirk Cousins. Matthew Stafford's clock's got to be ticking even more. Uh, well, maybe oh, not yeah. more than Cousins, but I mean, uh, yeah, he played for so many years in such a bad team that almost probably aged him a lot more than yeah. else, <laughs> He's going gray a little earlier for sure, for sure. <laughs> he suffered through too many of those bad seasons, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, but Cooper Cup, if if you if you're one of those people that just are built to win now and you'll worry about the future in the future, uh, obviously Cooper Cup is going to be that pick for you. Uh, but I still don't know if I go crazy and take him over uh, a guy like um, Jamar Chase, where you know I think you're going to yeah, get no way. better yep, seasons no way. over that. So, uh, all right, there are never enough things to gamble on 
And and everybody that listens to the show can attest to that. And the one thing that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Go check out Stable Duel. It's a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stables, play against others to move up the leaderboard. You can win as much as $40,000. You're not hearing that wrong. $40,000 with just one entry. If you are like me, and I'm going to assume, Seth, that you don't know much about the horses, don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy best part about it is it's free to download at StableDuel.com. There's multiple games offered each day with free games weekly. It tracks all over the United States, so get in the app. Create your account. Start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you, or you can play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Go download it now at StableDuel.com. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Masters Week is here, and if you haven't used PropSwap to go for the green, then you are missing out. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite golfers, then sell your bets whenever you want. Many prop swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling their golfers all tournament long. This allows you to win over and over without your golfers ever touching the green jacket. So go to PropSwap.com, download the free PropSwap app today. It's got fantastic Fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale. Plus, you get a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match when you use the promo code SGP on your first deposit. PropSwap's going to match your deposit up to $500 to join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. So we move to Miami. So beginning of February, right? We, we talk about Jalen Waddle's dynasty value, and it's pretty good. It's oh, yeah. really good, in fact. And, and you talk about Tua maturing another year, and you say, well, yeah, Jalen Waddle's got great uh, dynasty value. Does it stay the same? He comes in at, at wide receiver 10, but does it stay the same now? <laughs> That Tyreek Hill joins the party is the question. Waddle had, uh, what, a 1,000-yard season as a rookie, six touchdowns, between Tua and Jacoby Brissett in the mix. But here comes Tyreek Hill to ruin the party. Does it wreck his his dynasty value, Seth? Man, if there's ever a wedding crasher for Jalen Waddle, it might be Tyreek Hill, man. It might be Tyreek Hill. I mean, this is just an overall, like, I'm at 14. I, I, I think 10 is too high. Give me DK Metcalf. Give me Chris Godwin. Give me T Higgins. Two of those guys attached to great quarterbacks. And DK Metcalf, I don't think, will be on the Seahawks come week one. Um, so I want those guys over Jalen Waddle. I missed on Waddle as a prospect. I didn't like him nearly as much as I should have. Um, he had a great rookie season, though, especially with very subpar QB play. My thing, though, I just can't trust Tua enough that he can produce for both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, t- to justify that 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 wide receiver 1080p that is really high. They have Chase Edmonds now in the backfield, who's going to garner at least some some sort of a target percentage. And Mike Kosicki's out there too, man. Mike Kosicki is no slouch at tight end either. So, said uh, C- Wilson, Cedric Wilson, he's there too now. So, just an overall good good receiving core in Miami. And I just don't think the quarterbacks there support it yet. Um, I think I'm waiting. I, I, I love Waddle, and, and maybe I regret it in a couple of years, but 
I'm all right with wide receiver 10 and waiting on that. See, and you you hit exactly where I, I really think, too, is that I don't know that Tua is going to be the kind of guy that can support 2,000-yard receivers. Uh, yeah. It's going to be one, it's going to be the other, and it, it's going to obviously probably end up being... In fact, because he only threw... I know that he didn't play all 17 games, but he only threw for 2,600 yards. It's still not a good pace, you know? And and yeah. when you got a guy like Tyreek Hill that's going to eat... And, and yes, a lot of his are... are through yak, but by the same time, it's you know Tua is not going to be able to to support both of them. So for the next few years, at least while Tyree Kill, because Tyree Kill's not not young or not old, he's still relatively yeah. young. Yeah. That, that said, though, Rod, like gun to the head, I would take Waddle at his ADP over Hill at his current ADP. I wouldn't be surprised if a year from now we're looking back and Jalen Waddle has the better fantasy season over Tyree Kill. That that's just my opinion there. Let me see. So Tyreek Hill's coming in at wide receiver seven now. Yeah. Yeah. That's way too high for me. Yeah. Because here's the thing, too. Even with Mahomes, we didn't always see, like, we saw Tyreek blow up for huge games and then just be quiet for a couple of weeks in a row, right? I want consistency, man. Tyreek Hill has not been, last year was a little more consistent just because he did see, you know, higher volume. Um, but yeah, I, I just think Waddle is going to have the higher volume out of the two. Um, that being said, though, I don't want any part of this Miami receiving game as far as dynasty startups right now and building a team around them. It's just, it's too risky, too many unknowns. I feel like that's one that you may end up, if he does have a good year this year uh, and you really do want him, go ahead and, and do the draft pick thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'll, I'll say in redraft, redraft, I'm on him like 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 white on rice, man. I, I, I think he's going to be faded a little bit in redrafts now. I'm on him, but dynasty is a different breed. Dynasty is a different breed, which is why we're discussing it right now. Uh, and it's a different breed because of guys like this, okay? This is the question I want to pose with Kyle Pitts because I can hear everybody right now, duh, Rod, everybody wants Kyle Pitts. Of course everybody wants Kyle Pitts. He's going to be the probably the top uh, tight end at the end of the season again, right? A 1,000 yards as a rookie with Matt Ryan uh, and the only tight end in Atlanta history with a 1,000 yards uh, season. And we all know... And we talked about it a couple weeks ago that that Marcus Mariota loves him some tight ends with Delaney Walker being an amazing tight end with Mariota as his quarterback. But Seth, the question here is not if we take Kyle Pitts, but when do we take Kyle Pitts? Because obviously he's the first of all the tight ends um, and he comes in at pick number 11 overall. So my question to you, because there's a lot of folks that say that Kyle Pitts is more of a wide receiver than a tight end. Are we moving him up over guys like maybe even A.J. Brown? Are we drafting him over guys like DeAndre Swift? Like, is this one of those guys that you would take instead of either one of those guys? Man, it, it, it's tough because this is really tough, man. And this is one, like, if you're playing for the long game here and you really don't care about 2022, I say go for it. But but if if you are building to be competitive today, I struggle. I do struggle a little bit to, to take that risk. I mean, the one good thing on his side, and you pointed out very wonderfully, Rod, that the only 1,000-yard receiver for Marcus Mariota in his history is Delaney Walker, 2015. He made that 1,000 mark. But, you know, there's a lot of issues here. There are a lot of issues, man. I mean, first and foremost, if they don't add another receiver in the draft, a high-caliber a high guy um, like a Pickens or a, or a – a Drake or a Chris Olave, someone like that. I really 
think, you know, it's going to be another season of the same. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Mariota doesn't have 20 touchdowns, at least through the air. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Pitts, you know, he had a 1.5 touchdown rate last year, Rod. And this is a guy who dominated touchdown percentage in college. It's just a bad franchise, though. Like, Matt Ryan really elevated this franchise for years, and I think now we're going to see it um, really unfold. So I worry about that. It's not a high-volume offense either. They are 21st last year in passing attempts, and that's going to go down with Mariota being able to run the ball too. So if I'm looking to buy in 2022 and, and compete, I, I, I can't pay that price for Kyle Pitts. It's crazy because, like I said, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I definitely want Kyle Pitts. But this is the question about taking tight ends early. You know you want to take one of the top ones, but do you want to take them with your first pick? Or Well, yeah, if it's a 12-team team, a 12-league team, that's a first-round pick right there. No, thank you. No, thank you. Let me wait on Mark. Let me wait for Mark Andrews. I, I know Travis Kelsey is getting towards the end, but I'll wait on Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz. Like, like there are... Dolan Schultz is going to have a better fantasy season, I think, in 2022 than uh, Kyle Pitts. And you can get him however many rounds later. So I'm waiting. I am completely fine with waiting. I love the prospect. I, I absolutely love to watch this kid. He's amazing, but just not for that price. It's it's credit. Well, yeah, so Mark Andrews coming in about 16th overall. Uh, and then you have to scroll down pretty far to get to the next guy on the yeah. list. So, yeah, but this is this is the whole tight end talk again, right? Where uh, even if you try to figure out whether or not you could benefit by having one of those top three, sometimes it just doesn't come out in the wash, especially when you've passed on guys like even Joe Mixon, you know, uh, or, or Devontae Adams in Las Vegas. Can't do that. Can Yeah, I, I want Adams way more than I, I, I could take Pitts. Yeah. Uh, but see, this is the thing. Like, how how much are you tied to wanting that top tight end uh, with with Kyle Pitts? And those are the dynasty questions you want. Like, yeah, because Mariota may not even be there for a long time either, and the quarterback that Atlanta gets could be worse. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's the whole issue, man. I mean, and we've seen Mariota play with our Arthur Smith before as as calling the plays, and I wasn't overly impressed. So, yeah, I mean, who who knows what we're gonna get out of Atlanta, but. I just don't think they're they're going to be one of the worst offenses here unless they add some skill pieces on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> I see the frustration in your face. Uh, redraft, yeah, Kyle Pitts, but I still don't know if he's a first-round pick for me even in redraft. So, yeah. uh, insanity. All right. That's 10. Seth, that flew by, my friend. Yes, that sir. was That was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope we helped you guys make some decisions in your in your dynasty startups, which again are happening all over the place right now. Uh, if you if you need one, hop on. I'm sure the Slack channel. Uh, you can find some fantasy football degenerates that are ready to start some some dynasty leagues as well. But uh, Seth, as we wrap things up here, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you uh, all over this this beautiful internet uh, world that we have created here. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, Rod, I appreciate you having me on, brother. It's always fun to chop it up with you, man. Uh, huge fan of what you guys are doing here at SGPN. Uh, just absolutely crushing it over here. So thank you guys for the opportunity. As for me, you can find me on the Twitter bird at between underscore Seth FF. I am the founder of In Between Media over there. IBT, we like to combine feel good lifestyle advice with our fantasy sports advice as well. Um, and so we just have a blast. We talk fancy football, fancy NASCAR, fancy golf, um, and lifestyle, man. And it, it's absolutely a blast. Um, have, have a really good time with everyone over at, at the family. Um, and then at fantasy pros too, I'm over there editing some articles. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, if we want to take up any of this uh, ECR ranking stuff with them, Rod, we might have an in. <laughs> I think we do. I'll, I'll make sure to send a little note uh, your way. That way you can pass it on to the to the expert rankers and tell them, hey, buddy, <laughs> a little too high on this one. Uh, <laughs> right. Do yourself a favor, everybody. Go find Seth on social media. Go find In Between Media. It is a very refreshing world uh, that they're creating over there because not only, again, like you said, does it talk fantasy, but uh, there's some lifestyle stuff. And, and we love to get caught up in the numbers. We love to get caught up in the betting aspects and the fantasy aspects of everything. But listen, at the end of the day, we're all human. And we need to connect on a human level to each other. And, and really, there's no better way to do it uh, than through a community like IBT. So, Seth, as much as you're a fan of the SGPN, I am a fan of in-between media so much that uh, you brought me onto the family. And I appreciate that as well. So, Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Rod, keep crushing it here, man. I, I know we're going to crush it back with our NASCAR picks here in a couple weeks as well. Yes, for sure. Oh, my God. NASCAR is so much fun. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. And, uh, yeah, like I said, hopefully we armed you with enough knowledge to go out and crush your dynasty startups, win some leagues for years to come. That way you're thinking back to the day when we told you not to take Kyle Pitts in the first round. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Follow all of SGPN Fantasy at SGPN Fantasy. Uh, USFL is about to start. I can't wait. We're going to have the draft on Thursday. Uh, and then we're going to follow along all season long with SGPN Fantasy Football here at USFL. So keep in touch for that. But we'll still give you, of course, NFL fantasy content along the way. All right, everybody. Until next time. Until Thursday. Until we talk to you on draft day. Keep it real. We'll talk to you next time and let it ride.